As I uh, said at the beginning of our first show today, boo. Boo, because it's Halloween. It's October 31st, everybody. So happy Halloween to you all. And I hope you have a fun and safe one for your kids and whatever. Okay? And maybe for yourself as well. Okay? Enjoy those almond joys. Take the good stuff out of your kids' bags when they get home. That's what I used to do. You can't have that tonight. That's for me. Hey, I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and uh, welcome to today's show. We're going to talk with our good friends from uh, Boxlight, my good friends. Okay, and I hope they become your good friends, too, at Boxlight.com. They have EOS Education, and they've got Krista Walker and Luana, Luann Ropp here, and they're going to talk about building an inclusive environment in all classrooms for all learners, okay? And it's all about technology in the classroom. And we're going to focus a little bit on audio in the classroom, which to me is something that's too often overlooked, okay? And as you know, we do equity and access and all that sort of stuff. And I'll tell you, the, the, it's not only important for the kids because everybody will be able to hear and hear easily what the teacher and other students are saying, okay? But it's important for the educators as well. The more we do for them, the more likely they are to stay in their jobs, Okay, it's that simple. Okay, and we have the technology to make their job a little bit easier these days, to make your job a little more easier these days. So I hope administrators and everybody listens about this as we talk about classroom audio and other things to make a class, a class, a technological classroom environment for all learners. <clears throat> We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. That's a home website of our American Consortium for Equity in Education. Teacher Retention, seltoday.org, everything we do over there and all our podcasts are over there. You'll see all the links, so please go over to aceed.org and enjoy the uh, uh, what, we, what we put together at our consortium for uh, education. So let me bring on my guests. All right, we have Krista and Luann here. I'll start with Luann. Good morning, Luann. How are you today? I'm great. How are you, How are you sir? I'm, I'm, I'm good. How Sarah. are you? I'm fine, but you can't oh. call me Sarah anymore. You have to call me Larry. Okay. Okay, so let's start okay, that over Larry. again, okay? And our first guest is Luann Rob. Luann, how are you today? I am great, Larry. How are you? Thank you. Please call me Sarah. That's very important. No, I'm just kidding, of course. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Luann. Okay. Oh, and Luann yeah. is in, Luann is an, I'm in a silly mood today. It's Halloween. Uh, <laughs> an implementation specialist with Boxlight, and she's an experienced integration Director skilled in e-learning in K-12 education. I'll tell you, okay, we're going to talk to her in great detail about how she works with teachers. Krista, you there? I am here. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Please call me Sir. <laughs> sir Larry. That'll work. Good morning, Sir. sir. Good like morning, Sir Larry. Okay. Okay. Good. Like I'm Game of Thrones. Sir. Sir Larry. There you go. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Lady Krista, you're an Innovation and Development Director for EOS Education over at Boxlight, my good friends. Tell everybody what you do over there, you and the company, I might add. Innovation and Development yes. Director. Go ahead, Krista. You're on. Lady Krista, everybody. Yes. Lady Krista Walker. Well, you know, Boxlight is an innovator in education technology, and mm-hmm. we have a plethora of services, not only with our Mimeo by Boxlight, but also Front Row. You mentioned audio. Solutions oh, yeah. as well as 
EOS Education, which is our professional development division, and yep. Clever Touch Technologies. So really uh, a full solution for classrooms and for teachers and educators alike um, to bring technology to life in the classroom. That's really our focus, and, and our mission is to um, focus on how do we teach and learn with technology. Here, here, I couldn't agree more. Tell about your when you say professional development, what are you referring to? So with a professional development program, we focus on all of our products and services within the company. Um, mm -hmm. So that means all of those different areas that I just spoke of. We have mm -hmm. a team across the nation that uh, services um, not only our partners and uh, our our those that are out working with schools day in and day out, but also hands-on in the classroom, working with teachers, working with students, and how to integrate this technology yeah. and learn about um, these programs that they have available to them. Is, is, does Lu, is Luann part of that? Is that exactly where she fits in on this, that she's one of the people who yeah, works I mean, with the teachers all the time? Yeah, right? Yeah, and Luann can talk about, you know, the sort of connected classroom and how we how we – you know, bring all these pieces together. Yeah, Lou, I, actually, I'm going to just start right there. Luann, talk about this for a second. How do you, when you go into sure. a classroom, well, how's it all start? What do, you, what, do you, what do you bring into it? Go ahead. Well, I think the main thing that Krista mentioned about the connected classroom is that we're not just providing technology. So it's not just about dumping a panel in there and then waiting for the next refresh. We give them the resources <laughs> and the training that empower both you the teachers too. and the students. <laughs> so it's not just about the teachers. The technology wants to spark, you know, um, conversation. It wants to be creative. And we want to be able to have the teachers adapt to different learning styles. So that's kind of where the EOS um, team definitely comes in, where a lot of teachers get technology, but they need that time to really maximize that learning environment. And, you know, we do that through our classroom products. We do that through our Mimeo Connect, which is an online platform. Um, mm -hmm. That just allows teachers not to teach in the classroom, but also to teach out of the classroom. So all the things yeah. that we've been through the last two years, you know, with being able to teach um, synchronously and asynchronously, we've really enhanced learning with that. And then, again, we build on that so that we just don't put – we put STEM products in the classroom as well. And they're easily accessible through web applications. And, again, that is reinforced with EOS and the training that they can do in the classroom. And then the last thing basically would be all of that is supported, again, through the professional development, which accelerates the use of the technology and ensures that the teachers are confident. And that's really the main thing. We want the teachers to be confident and comfortable in integrating that new technology in their classrooms. How hard is it to make a teacher feel confident and comfortable? Okay, that, that's it, and I mean that sincerely. You know, and I, I said this for years, the education schools are way behind, okay, in my opinion, really training teachers what goes on inside a classroom. They're good at training teachers to think about education, okay, and I think that's right. important, okay, and, and, right. and it is, and to be professional and to, to gain insight into what they're doing. But, they're, but you also, you don't really have to think about the bus, you have to drive the bus, okay, mm -hmm. and, you know, and and... and when you're when you're in there, what are the things that pop up that that maybe surprise you, or maybe that the teachers say? And I'll ask Krista the same thing, but I'll start to continue with Luann here as we go through this. It's it's important. 
Yeah. Well, I think some of the things that surprised me is um, you would think that a lot of our younger, new teachers are very excited about technology, but unfortunately, I think that's one of the things that's lacking, you know, in their college education is they're not always exposed to all the technology. Um, is that ridiculous? We teach them yeah, about it's ridiculous. teaching math. Is, it is. It's a, it yeah. is ridiculous because there's so many tools that a teacher can use. And, you know, my mom is 86 years old. She's subbed till oh, into her 70s. Her and I oh. just, yeah, and I always think of what she says. We don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? So we still want to keep those good teaching strategies. But when appropriate, we need to bring in that technology. And I think we could definitely do a better job there. And, you know, sometimes people are scared to do that. But I often tell teachers, listen, let your kids take control. Let your kids be a part of this. And it, it works out wonderfully because then the kids learn the technology along with the teachers, and it's very empowering. It, it really is. And, you know, I was thinking about that. You know, we uh, the analogy I use, you know, if you look at a medical school, uh, they can teach you all you want about the heart and how to think about it and all that, but they also got to think you how to uh, – teach you how to use a stethoscope, okay? Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't fall on somebody else to teach them how to use a stethoscope. And it falls on you guys, okay? Like a company like Boxlight to teach them how to use the stethoscope, okay? And it's key stuff on what you said. You know, it's amazing. You would expect that considering all the the students today in the education schools are digital natives, you would expect mm-hmm. that that would be part and parcel mm-hmm. of just walking into a classroom, but it's not that way. And that's why the professional development, the continuing service that you guys give, okay, is so darn important, all right? It, 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 uh, to me, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, you know, it, it, it's just so amazing. You know, the, there's, even a, there's even a lag, and I'm so glad you guys do this and all that. But there, just, did you think, and actually I'll ask you, Chris, did you think there's still a – you still think that I'm just reading something? Who, who I can't read. Diane Ravitch, okay. That, that I was just reading something that um, you know teachers still feel that technology is going to replace them, okay. Which I thought mm-hmm. was absolutely insane, okay. I thought it was nuts, okay. Because uh, it's not. It's just a tool. It is a tool, right? Okay. So that they will use, okay, like anything else. You know, the doctor doesn't use the analogy again. The doctor doesn't have to cut you open to see what's inside. We have x-ray machines, okay? And get right. of using the x-ray machine and the MRI, okay? <laughs> just, yeah. I keep using the same stupid analogy, but, they, they, you know, I don't know what we're finding. What are you finding as we do this? Krista, you're in charge of all the PD over there. Yeah. You know, I think to Luann's point, there there has been this adoption of technology in the classroom, but there's been this shift in focus in, okay, I have the technology, to your point, what do I do with it now? So I want to focus on how do I teach with it? You know, what does that mean for learning in my classroom? And so what we're hearing is a lot of the needs in the classroom are, you know, how to use these effectively, but also, you know, some big headlines that come out a lot when we're, you know, assessing what teachers need in the classroom is that student engagement piece. You know, we come, we've come back from, being completely virtual to hybrid environments, and now that in-person, more traditional classroom setting. And so that engagement piece has been lost. You know, not only um, are students using technology in a different way, but we've lost some of that person-to-person connection. So where is that collaboration Mm -hmm. and how can we utilize that? And then when we talk about, you know, 
access and accessibility in the classroom, how do we personalize yeah. that learning or, or build those, those inclusive environments? Um, and to your point, a lot of times teachers can see technology as a barrier. The perception is, how yeah. do I use this? Or is it going to replace me? Um, or, you know, even how do I create a lesson or deliver content that's individualized for every student? And rather than we try to shift that focus instead of, you know, as being seen as one more thing on the plate of the educators, something else that they're responsible for, it's really how can we support that teaching and learning not only for the students, but also to the teachers. So what we do is really focus on identifying what they have access to in the classroom and then providing those best practices for making it work for them. Um, so ultimately, you know, the goal is to leverage that technology so it's saving teachers time. Yeah. time. Yeah. It's informing their decisions on how they're providing instruction in the classroom. And then to Luann's point, it's really, you know, taking some of that off the teachers. You know, a lot of times we exactly. have this need to control everything. And so how do we empower the students uh, to be responsible for their own learning and take um, responsibility for what their needs are, but they have to identify that too. So it's really about encouraging teachers to try, explore, and do this along with their students. So, you know, it's a process, but it's an important one. And then all of those pieces, when they come into play, it can really be an asset in the classroom. <laughs> you're, you're darn right, okay? And the whole role of the teacher, and this is why technology is so, the, the role of the teacher in order for students to learn. It's changing. It's not changing for the worse. It's changing for the better, okay? But we mm -hmm. have different tools now, okay? That's the difference, okay? You know, for example, right. when they invented chalk, I'm sure there was an uproar from those teachers, okay, about how can they use such a <laughs> modern thing as chalk, okay? But in the end, it worked as a better tool, and hence teaching changed, Okay, and it's the same thing now. Okay, it's, it's a different tool. Okay, but it's a necessary one in a changing educational environment, and we got to do what's best for the kids these days. I think what you guys do is really important. I want to swing over. This is you guys have front row. Okay, which is part of your company, and this is classroom <laughs> audio. All right, and this to me is one of the most overlooked things in all of education. All right, and it, it, it has, it's an unbelievable, think of a classroom, okay, and think how we used to have to, we, we were supposed to project our voice all day long, okay, to the kids in the back row, okay, and of course we're walking around and all that, but the back row keeps changing, it depends where we are, all right, and so talk about, just talk about, and I'll, I'll throw this to Luann, Luann, talk about the uh, the role of audio in the classroom, do it, please. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, Larry, you couldn't be more spot on in saying that classroom audio, audio is the most important piece of technology that the school can put in a district. Yeah, and it's so overlooked. I don't get it. It's overlooked. Yes, it's like, usually yeah, it's it's the last thing. Yeah. yeah. I like to refer to the front of the room, you know, with the panels and things as being the big sexy, but really it's the things underneath that, like the audio, that really lift that and bring it out. So, you know, there's more research um, on audio than there is on any other piece of technology in the impact that it has oh, in the classroom. That. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. and the biggest thing is, is who is it benefiting? You know, we're talking about the teacher and we're talking about students. Those are the two people that are going to benefit from having classroom audio. 
So, I mean, I can, you know, spit out statistics, you know, 50% of all teachers usually have some kind of a voice disorder. Um, but the biggest one is, you know, it's almost 96% of the teachers who have classroom audio notice that their students are doing better. They're more attentive. They listen. Their comprehension skills are better. And like you said, if I use my teacher voice all day, yeah. I'm fatigued. Nonetheless, yep. the students who are in front of me when I'm using my teacher voice are thinking, boy, she's hollering or, you know, she's not, a, she's not happy today. She's unhappy. And our classrooms, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. have multiple things that work against us, right? Distance from the teacher, background noise. Uh, the, the biggest one is, you know, students' ears uh, maturing and being ready. And then also a vocabulary to fill in the missing words that they don't hear from the teacher. I mean, it's very easy to misunderstand something in the back of the room. And I, I take that back to my own personal experience from teaching. I work with students with visual impairments. And a majority of the time, those teachers, those students need to be in the front because they're very auditory and they're learning. But most of the time, they're set in the back of the room because they have larger books. They may have a braille or, or something else that needs to be used. And Consequently, you know, I found myself repeating the directions or repeating the things of the teacher, you know, multiple times. Whereas when you put audio in the classroom and it takes the teacher's voice above all that other ambient noise in the classroom and it makes it as if, you know, they're right next to the student. So, you know, if a student has difficulty hearing and the areas of the brain that are used for communication haven't completely developed, this really you know, distorts the way they understand vocabulary. So I agree with you. Um, I wish a lot of times instead of, you know, maybe purchasing, you know, the, the other things in the classroom that administrators would think about audio and the impact that it has on the teachers and on the learning environment for students. Well, well said. I got to tell you, and I, you know, <laughs> I never realized, I have to say, I have to ask you this. Hearing, you said hearing, you develop more hearing, your ears change as you grow? I didn't, I didn't yes. know that. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. I don't believe, I believe, I'm not, can't give you the specific I know, date, but I, I can think speak it's for a fact that I know they deteriorate. Team. I know your hearing deteriorates, yeah. but I had no idea it gets better. <laughs> okay. No, it definitely does. And the whole piece with the, you know, auditory cognitive closure is, you know, especially with younger kids, when you're learning new vocabulary, think about it in biology or chemistry. That, those words need to be said clear, just like cat, hat. You know, they may hear the, the vowel sounds very clearly, but they don't always hear the consonant. And the thing is, the louder you say it, you would think, oh, they'll hear it, but that's just the opposite. It becomes less intelligible, and it's not clear, and they don't understand it. So, again, just a real push for, for audio in the classroom. I, I've wow. seen the difference that it makes. Did you, did you, Krista, did you know that hearing gets better as you age? Did you know that? You know that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> right. I did. It's an important piece. It's part of that classroom environment. You know, when we talk about um, utilizing all of these tools, the environment that we're in plays a very critical role, um, not only with, you know, how we're, setting up our classroom as far as management for the students, but also how they access and interpret and, yeah. uh, you know, be involved with what, what that learning looks like in that space. So I think that auditory piece is, is a huge component 
um, that should be highlighted and, and looked to um, as districts and leaders in education are bringing in pieces to support that learning environment. It, it, it's so darn important. I love the way you're saying learning environment as opposed to teaching environment. It's so important that we emphasize the learning and not the teaching. It's just it, because that's what teachers need to do. They need to make sure kids are learning. And if we're missing right. kids, mm-hmm. it's so important, which brings up, you know, the whole equity and access question. I mean, all the things mm-hmm. that you're doing, you know, with the whiteboard and everything else you're doing, I mean, it all had the audio. It's, it's boil it down. When you go into a school district, I'll, I'll ask Krista this. Krista, you go into a school district. What questions are they pop up from them, okay, about equity and access and all the things that you're doing? How's that all balanced out when you're talking to them? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big idea, right? So when we it talk is. about equity and access, it's really understanding that when we're trying to create this classroom culture and we're building it around inclusive practices, it's yeah. how we set up our teachers and our students for success. So we want to identify ways that we can bring different modalities to promote that learning. So we've talked about the auditory learner, but also those visual learners, the kinesthetic learner like myself who needs to touch and see and do and try so that I can mm-hmm. retain that information, but also thinking about mobility or those with neurodiversity issues in, in, right. in, that they're working right. with. So when we think about it, we want to shift the focus instead of you know, providing services for one, because we know that somebody has a learning need in the classroom, let's, let's promote this for all. So when we provide it for all of our students, everyone benefits. You know, there's, there's a statistic out there that students would rather go without than to be identified that they have a need. So part of creating that inclusive environment, and when we talk with schools and districts and even in the classroom, it's when, we, when you promote this for all students and give everybody access to it, we all have different ways of learning and interpreting information. So how can we use that software and hardware to make every environment a learning space? And I'm glad that you touched on that, oh, that we're, nice. we're really talking about that learning. You know, we want to create that learning oh, it is. space. And yeah. And so, yeah, you know, a lot of times, I just got to say, I just got to say, I always have said this. I, I'm going to say it again. Okay, we got the profession is poorly named. If the kids aren't learning, you're not teaching. Okay, we're not teachers. We're learning. We're learning. We're doctors of learning. Okay, we're learning facilitators. This is what we do. Okay, because you can call yourself a teacher, but if the kids aren't learning, you aren't teaching. Okay, it's about the learning. All right, and that, that's what right. I think is really important. And when you and when you take the time, a school district, to to think about the equity and access question, that's a big question. Okay? And it make is. it available to every kid. Okay? That's when you're concerned about the learning. Okay? And it, it just it just works. It works better. Everybody's happier. When the kids are learning, the teachers are happier. It's that simple. Okay? Right. It's you know, it's about providing this te- the teachers with sort of a toolbox of different techniques and digital yeah, tools. It and yeah. it's, it has to be a continuous dialogue um, with the teachers and with the students. So we can see how they're learning, but it's also informing our academic instruction. So that's where that teaching piece comes in, right? So we have to be informed. We have to understand what those needs are, not only for ourselves, but also for our students. And then we can apply what we have in the classroom to meet those needs. So we want to be able to, you know, 
provide multimedia and provide opportunities for all our different type of learners, but we also want to be able to promote that collaboration and build the, the, that classroom community. That's where equity and access really comes to life in the classroom. Good job. And we want to be able to share content not only, you know, as, as Luann mentioned, synchronously in the classroom, but how, how this can support learning outside of the classroom. And oh, so by point. educating students point. with the tools in the classroom, when they're not there, how can they still modify their documents so that they can interpret the information in a way that makes sense for them? You know, how are we educating families and, and working with them so they can help support their students and their learning outside of the classroom as well? So I think a lot of these tools can really um, be an opportunity uh, to, to bring that learning community together, and that's where we see that equity um, being built out across, you know, across the board. Yeah, you know, it makes the learning, if I, if I may overdo this, it makes the learning accessible okay, to uh, holistically to everybody involved in the kids' learning, the parents, the teachers, and, every, and everyone else. That's what technology really does, as opposed to a crumpled-up note in a backpack, okay, that the kids Absolutely. are supposed to bring over the mom and dad. I mean, it's that simple. It, it builds a holistic look, okay, truly, literally, not only a connected classroom, but a connected community, okay? It mm -hmm. takes it even Absolutely. further than a classroom, connected school, connected community, connected district so that everybody's on the same page, including the parents, okay, or the caregiver, whoever that might be. I mean, it's just – it's that simple. I have a question for you, Luetta. I, I don't think I've ever asked this question before. You know, we talk a lot about technology in the classroom. and But, you know, sometimes when we think of that, we think of one classroom, okay? But, you know, teachers are different. Social studies teachers are a different animal than a math teacher. Okay, and a math teacher is a different animal than an elementary school teacher or a, 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 a CTE teacher, okay? And when you go in, Luann, to a classroom, okay, and, and see the very types of needs that an individual subject might need, how, the, how do you approach that? I never asked that question before. You're on. Go do it, well, Luann. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, we have the, the basic strategies that we want to teach teachers, but I think Krista can probably agree that a lot wow. of times we go in and they understand the basic things, right? What they want to know mm -hmm. is how can I integrate this? How can Good I point. use it? And, yeah, and we've spoken to that, you know, I guess several times during our conversation here of just the ability to share these resources. Um, ask teachers, what do you need to use? What can I help you with so you can effectively teach this lesson? And as I go in, I, you know, I love collaborating on that level with teachers because oh, they're going to think of something that I hadn't thought of, right? That's I right. Mean, from my background, right. I often like to just meet with um, my, my coworker that I used to teach with and just say, hey, what's new out there, you know, for the blind and the visually impaired? How can we as a company integrate better our tools so that they work with the tools that those students are using? And so I think when you do that, then you come up with better ideas and you come up with better ways to share. Um, and because Boxlight offers so many different tools from being able to record lessons and share that out with a resource teacher or share that out with a parent so that parent can help a student with homework, it just has become a really big piece of, I think, of who Boxlight is and that connected nice. classroom. So. Um, you know, when we talk about equity, I guess, you know, we're talking about from a student perspective, right? And But we can also talk about equity as far as funding. 
And I think, you know, we have Dr. Don on our end for Boxlight who can really work with districts to help them use the funds that they, you know, have or look for funds that may be available to them um, for grant writing and things. So that's well, another piece that, that can help, yeah, be a little bit more, you know, equitive. So uh, equitable, I'm sorry. But I <laughs> think our uh, Foxlight's approach to providing a solution for a district and leaders and teachers, you know, is to, again, like we talked about, to help the teacher and help the students and how they can adapt and maximize the education, uh, the tools that they have. That was a great answer, Luann. Thank you. Krista, what can you add to that about yes. the different subjects or whatever you want to talk about there? But I'm just thinking about, you know, everybody wants something different that works for them. What, what the teachers, what's your thoughts? Right. You know, I think we start, when we're working with teachers, we start the same way we guide the teachers in the way we want them to guide their students. So it's really about that assessment of their needs, as Luann spoke to, the inventory of, you know, what's available to them. Um, you know, a lot of times they're working with base platforms like even Google or Microsoft. And, and so finding out what's available, it could even be the student's devices um, or those things that we're not seeing, like the, the audio support. But I think it's really important to start with understanding the why. Um, and that's a question when we do our inclusive classroom workshops, it's having the teachers be a part of that discussion. We can introduce the accessibility tools and the features and how it works, but we need to really understand why this is important for them and get them a part of that discussion and how is it relevant to their classroom environment. Uh, so we use, you know, we stage introduction mm. of these tools, you know, sort of bite-sized. Because this is a big, big topic. You know, there's a lot of different pieces. There's a lot available in software and hardware. So, you know, we start with those bite-sized pieces. We work a lot with professional learning communities or PLCs. What are their objectives? You know, what are the standards that they're working towards? And how has the data they've collected informed their decisions? So, you know, making that recognition of, I know that this is what my students need. What do I have in order to help support that learning in the classroom? And so really our focus is how do we empower those students to take ownership of their own learning so we take some of that off the teachers. Then getting teachers engaged in that process, you know, there's been a shift in professional development where I don't want to just be talked at for, you know, an hour. I have a lot of things to do. My time is very valuable. I want to come into a session. I want to learn something, and I want to be able to apply it into my classroom immediately. Yep. And so when we do that, we're giving them that time and space to build um, these positive learning environments that, that then promote that equity inclusion, and also giving them the skills to utilize these different tools to make their classroom more inclusive, as well as provide those accessibility features to their students. It's all good and all wraps together, and I got to say, you know, we spend so much time talking about personalization and individualization of learning for the kids. Okay, but we got right. to talk, and this is what you guys were just talking about, the personalization, individualization of, 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 of the of classroom for the teacher. Okay, you, you're able, right. Boxlight, okay, to create the tools that that particular teacher needs, and that's what you you guys are doing, okay? All right, it, 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 you know, it, it's individualization right down the line. That's really where technology takes us. It's really interesting stuff. I can't thank you ladies enough. All right, you're going to have a good Halloween, Krista? 
Going to have a great one, Larry. Thank you. Oh, Sir Larry. Thank I'm you. sorry. Thank you. Uh, yes. I, I, yes. And, and, and Luann, Luann, are you going to I steal like the that. almond joys tonight out of the bag? I know you don't have little kids, but. Mm, I don't know about the almond joys. I think I might have to go for like the Reese cups. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bounds or almond joys? That's the question, everybody. Okay. Hey, listen. <laughs> This is great stuff. Ladies, thank you. Chris, Luann, thank you. You're terrific. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you for all the insights. Thank you, Larry. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate the time today. (laughs) Oh, my pleasure. Believe me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. And happy Halloween to everybody else. Okay, get the mounds. Don't let the kids have them. They're not good for the kids. Dark chocolate and the coconut really matters for adults. All right. We're going to archive at ace-ed.org. Check out BoxLate at BoxLate.com. I'm Larry Jacobs. Thank you, Luann. Thank you, Krista. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.